Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Episode 83, One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is indeed sweeping the nation and sweeping up all your fantasy football leagues, DFS contests, and uh, NFL bets as well. Welcome to the latest episode here. I got a very special one with you. No, you don't have to listen to my nasally drone the entire time. I've got one of the best uh, guys in the business, one of our newest hires at the Elite Mafia, joining me on today's program. So, uh, you know, we're excited about this one for sure. Real quick, remember to spread the word, everybody. This uh, show is unfiltered. It's unedited. It is uncensored. So if you have the kids around, Make sure you put in those earbuds and or turn down the volume because we don't want the kiddies hearing all the shit that is about to be said on this episode. Let's get right into it. By the way, my name is Jeff Vance. If you're just stumbling upon it, uh, part owner of the Elite Sports Network, also hear me on the Elite Sports Show, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern every weekday afternoon. Also find my work over at fantasyguru.com, all seasonal fantasy football content over there elitefantasy.com for all the daily fantasy sports needs cash game breakdowns on fridays live stream saturday night chatting sessions we've got you packed every single day of the week nobody does football like we do at elitefantasy.com and of course elitesportsbetting.com for all your legalized sports betting needs Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore mans on twitter the jeff mans on facebook instagram snapchat and tiktok Without further ado, folks, I'm super pumped up for this episode because I got one of my favorite guys in the business joining us on this episode. It's the one and only Chris Rose, everybody, now part of the Elite Sports Network. What's up, Chris? What is going on, man? After all these podcasts I listen to, I'm finally a guest. I can't be more excited, man. I'm so happy to be a part of this. Well, uh, dude, I'm glad to have you on. It's something we've been working on for literally years. It's one of those uh, cool things. Mm -hmm that uh, you know one of my probably the thing I'm most excited about honestly I mean just the the crew ha- finally being able to work with you you know and, and guys like uh, bearded one inked up and, and Jorge pucks and all these you know you guys coming over have been just in, giving me new life new energy here at the network so I'm pumped up about it man I know you got a lot to say on this episode and a lot to talk about we're gonna talk a little football here we'll talk a little industry for everybody as well real quick chris tell everybody where to find you on social media so they can give you a follow and everything yeah you can find me on twitter uh my my handle on twitter is i believe it's chris underscore r1212 um i will say over the last uh what maybe two two three weeks i've had so many followers i think i've gone up probably 400 followers since being a part of elite so thank nice. you all who have subscribed and uh just get ready for a bunch of nfl content uh, and a little bit of, of the September baseball fun. No doubt. Uh, Chris is balancing both, man, doing the Lord's work for us over there at EliteFantasy.com. And, yes, at Chris underscore R1212, part of the underscore mafia. <laughs> Those of us that yeah. have the underscores in there. Did somebody have your moniker? Because this there's a dude with the at Jeff Manns moniker on Twitter that I've been sweating out for about 11 years now. And that dude, he, I don't think he's tweeted a single fucking time. And it drives me bananas that he's still allowed to keep that handle. 
and it's it's so frustrating because my name is so popular and so like well it's it, it's it's a, it's a popular name so you know chris yeah. rose who i think is part of like fox sports and everything like that so oh. yeah i gotta get i have to get creative yeah nfl network is that chris rose on there that's a good yeah that's true yeah. so yeah fortunately nobody's got the, the man's last name i don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing but uh either way man we got a lot so you know, a couple things about Chris Rose, everybody should know. Uh, Chris and I, again, known each other for years at this point. I've been a big fan of his work for a long time. And Chris is one of those guys that just grinds it out, does unbelievable content, does it in multiple sports, doesn't in NBA, doesn't in baseball, you just talked about, doesn't football, uh, has played the sports. He's an athlete himself, former athlete himself at a much higher level than I ever was, and uh, just knows these games inside and out. So I've been a big fan, dude, for a while. And I know we've always, we've talked and, and been in communication for several years now. So it's such an honor and great to be able to work with you finally, but tell everybody a little bit about your backstory and like, you know, growing up and you know, your love of sports or just like, how did you, you know, fall into it? Yeah. So growing up in South Florida, of course, you have to be, you know, you're either an athlete or, or you're, you're a homebody, you know? So I started playing football around seven years old. Uh, I played against a lot of guys, you know, especially, like I said, South Florida, you play against a lot of people that are in the league, have been in the league, either retired and stuff like that. So, Growing up, you, you kind of play up to your competition. So, um, you know, when I was in, in high school, we had teams like Booker T. Washington in Miami, who was in our district. I think they won several state championships and, and produced a lot of uh, NFL guys. Teams like St. Thomas Aquinas, who's one of the top five teams in the league. Um, I think when we played them, they had five guys that went to the league. So, you know, South Florida has really helped me uh, become a better athlete because, you know, you, you don't want to get beat 60 to nothing on your homecoming when – <laughs> especially in high school. Yeah. So, um, well, I did. <laughs> I mean, we get, I was fucking terrible. My team sucked always in, uh, at the DuPage Valley conference, man. But, uh, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. 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 Terrible. Yeah. My, my high school team, absolutely terrible in all sports, which is why guys like me made the team. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's a great learning experience, especially through high school, man. I, I, I really miss it. And, and, uh, you know, I have an eight year old son, a five year old son, uh, who I coach both coaching baseball. So, um, you know, going up through high school, uh, I had to wait my turn. I, I didn't play, I didn't really play much until like my, probably say my end of sophomore, junior year. Uh, and then I kind of really developed from there. Uh, I was a quarterback and a punter. Um, you know, I was that quick kick stuff as, as a quarterback and really through right. college, um, you know, getting recruited as a quarterback as a drop back passer. And then the evolution of the RPO and, and the, the option, um, kind of hurt me as a quarterback. I just, I just didn't have the, the skill set to, to read, um, you know, defensive ends off the edge. So when I got to college, I played two seasons of quarterback. I didn't really play that much. Um, spring game of, of 2005 or six, uh, I ended up starting at wide receiver, one of the spring games, and then um, ended up moving to safety uh, after that. But I really developed from being from there, actually punting uh, my senior year. Mm-hmm. We, we went out to Western Michigan. I had the best game of my career, averaged 47 yards a punt on seven punts, um, second in the conference on a 41-yard average, um, played, you know, uh, nominated for all-conference, all-American, a lot of things like that. So I'm versatile on different, different aspects, offense, defense. And I think that's why I bring a different – I tend to – I seem to think I bring a different, um, you know, kind of aspect of the game rather than just saying, hey, well, I like this guy based on his name. It's more in-depth um, football ins and outs than it is, you know, Saquon Barkley because he's Saquon Barkley. 
And I think that's always something that stood out to me about your content as well. Is this, you, you, you see it a lot of times. Now I've been to, uh, I've been in this industry a long time, 16 years you know, full-time at this point, which is like, I'm, you're talking about being at college. I'm like, fuck man. I always feel, I feel like, yeah, me and Chris, former guys, but I'm fucking old as dirt. It feels like right now when I see you're at college at that, that time, but um because like RPOs and shit, like, yeah, they asked me to do an RPO. I was a high school quarterback and they asked me to do that. I would fuck. I have no chance. I had no mobility at all whatsoever. I was like a statue back there, but uh, um, it's just one of those differences in, in generations, I suppose, but knowing the game and knowing the sport. And when I was coming up, especially when DFS got popular in the early 2010s, we would have a lot of skills competitions where, we'd you know, fly to a live final and they'd have punt, pass and kick. They would have, I'm glad Chris Rose wasn't there then. Cause he'd upstage me. We had home run derbies. We had freaking, uh, uh, you know, five on five full court, you know, we would always do something and not, you know, not it's listen, the fantasy industry is a bunch of people that know sports inside and out, but very few folks that actually play these games. And you'd see it. We'd have a home run derby. You get mostly DFS guys dribbling the ball to shortstop. Like, you're supposed to launch it. It's supposed to get the elevation out of your basketball. You see guys that literally are two hand shot set shotting. And it's like, wow, not a lot of athletes playing these games. And I do feel, and that's why your content to me at least has always stuck out because the it, knowing the game, knowing mm-hmm. you know, we talk about it in your quarterback coach article over at elite fantasy.coms, you know, you're talking about coverages and things, and it's been a, you know, decade plus for me, not being able to ever talk coverages with somebody else. So this is, it's great for me to see it. Do you, how much of an advantage do you notice the same thing coming up in the industry? You know, did you notice those same things or did you you not catch on that? You're one of a very sacred few who actually played some of these games. You know, I I think maybe I was kind of naive thinking that everyone knew sports. Everyone was like an athlete because you know, when I went to the live final, I saw a couple guys. I'm like, wow, um, you pretty much stay behind a computer, huh? Because yeah. these guys, some of these yeah. guys, you just, I'm like, how do you, how are you successful in sports? And, and of course, you, you know, it's numbers based and it's analytical mm-hmm. based, but sure. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, you mentioned punt, pass and kick. I was 11 years old. I went down when it was Joe Robbie Stadium. Um, oh, nice. And I, and I did uh, at, the, at the halftime of the uh, Miami Dolphins and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, okay. You know, the, we did the, we did the passing. Uh, of course, the passing uh, competition part of it. Met Dan mm. Marino, who's a, you know, if, if oh, wow. Dan is, if Dan is is uh, listening, he's he was a jerk that day. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm eleven. I'm just an eleven year old kid. Just you know, Did in he push awe. You and he, down. Man, he was just he just wouldn't even talk to any of us. Oh yes. Uh, Oh yeah, my God, so. dude. I have a damn Marino. If you don't, I have a Marino thing. We were at the FanDuel live final, like 2015, 2016. And I was covering it. I did like interviews for series, but we also, the, the skills competition, I won by the way, out of 90, I think 90 or 95, whatever participants, I was number one in passing accuracy. I was third in the punt competition. And again, I never punted my life. I, I shit my pants if I raised my leg that far normally, you know, but, um, but that just goes to show you the lack of athletes at these competitions, but I got an interview. It was Montana and Marino. And I got the same vibe you did. Like Marino was standoffish. He didn't really want any part of it. He was contractually obligated to give me an interview. 
So I did an interview. And by the way, my son was like five years old at that time. I had a football and I got it autographed by Marino and Montana. I'm like, this is fantastic. I hand the ball to Ray Flowers, uh, also with us, a fantasy guru and elite fantasy and all that. And I say, okay, hold on to this while I do this interview. I went to give the interview. Ray Flowers somehow sets the ball down. Joe Montana picks up the ball and throws it into the bin with the other autograph balls. And so we're walking away from the interview, which Marino gave me nothing, by the way. And I'm like, all right, let me check out this ball. Ray's like, dude, fucking Montana took it from me. I go, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? To this day, I will not let Ray Flowers live that down. No ball. (laughs) No ball at all. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was – but I I got the same vibe of of, of Marino. I love – so you're a Dolphin fan growing up? Hell, hell no. Oh, okay. What what fandom were you? South – really? South Florida? I'm a a Minnesota fan. I I do know that. Come on, Bear fan. Come on, How did we get to that? How did you get to Minnesota – being 19, up in South Florida. 1994. And I'm going to send you a picture when we get off this. 1994, because okay. I still have it to this day. Sports Illustrated for kids. I wrote to 10 different guys, 10 different quarterbacks in 94. Uh-huh. Warren Moon was just, I, I believe he was first year or second year in Minnesota. He was the only person to actually write back to me. From there, Minnesota fan. It. Warren Moon. Warren Moon was my hero. Now, mind you, when I was in high school, my colors were purple and gold. So mm-hmm. I lived out my whole Minnesota Viking dream, you know, being a quarterback and, and running through the tunnel, purple and gold. And I mean, I just, I just, wow. I just bleed purple. You know, I've cried. I've cried. I, I, I think I've cried more time with the Vikings than any time yeah. in my life. 97 with the, with the Gary Anderson missed kick. Now, that was 98. Yes. That or was 98. The, I think that's one of the yep. best teams that there's ever been. And I think it's the yep. single greatest team not to make the Super Bowl. The Tracy Porter interception when Favre threw across his body. Oh, yes. Yes. Brett Favre. Let, oh, my. What were you? It was like, what was that? 2012? Or no, 2008 or something, right? It was, yeah, I think it was either that or 2010 or whatever year it was. Yeah, I'm trying to. But, I can't remember yeah. whenever Favre was up there. It was it's 09 or 2010. Yeah, right around there. The that Brett was the Favre best year years. that Sid, Sydney Rice had in, in, the, in the league. Were you a Sydney Rice guy? I was. Loved him. Loved yeah. him. Yeah, coming out of South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, I I thought he was. I thought he was the next coming of Randy Moss. I actually remember when Randy Moss got got drafted too. I was in Pittsburgh yeah. visiting my grandmother, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, please get please get Randy. I think he was like the 13th pick or something like that. And I remember him being on the board and hoping that Minnesota picked him. I would, couldn't. One of the happiest days of my life. He was falling in that draft. I remember that draft very yeah. distinctly. And he was fall. It's funny. That's one where in 98, it was the second or third year of our fan, my home fantasy football league. The one that I'm commissioner still is at uh, uh, Ted Schuster's part of still. And he drafted Randy Moss, but I fleeced him in a trade that year for him. Uh, Ted got mm-hmm. me back years later on a D'Angelo Williams deal. That's still legendary to this day, but I completely, I was like Ted's first or second year playing fantasy ever. And I, I got him on that one and fucking led Moss to championship. But that, I mean, <laughs> I'm still feel ripped off from not getting to see that was the Broncos and then the Falcons end up making it instead of the Vikings. I would have killed to yeah. see John Elway that point in his career, Terrell Davis going against the, the purple people eaters and Dude, the, Randall Cunningham uh, slinging yeah. it. Oh man. Absolutely. Just, just a, 
rearing back that arm when that arm went back you knew he's yep. heaving it and it's going oh, to freaking randy moss 40 50 yards down the field and that's my yeah. prized possession of my collection so i collect thomas and i have a randall cunningham signed vikings nice. full-size helmet man i love that man you got warren moon you got randall cunningham you got some you're an old soul chris rose old soul those it's, <laughs> those I just, man, I just love, I just love the game of football. And, and, yeah. and I, I just try to teach my kids too. just, I got my son doing the skull chant. I'm probably going to go one of the games this yeah. year. Just, oh, nice. I mean, just that atmosphere. I haven't been to a game yet there, there in Minnesota, but I just want yeah. him to live that. It's, it's amazing. You love when that, the horn goes off. Ooh, ooh. Yep. it's a, I got an opportunity. I actually blew that horn. I was up there covering the Super Bowl a few years ago in that uh, when, when it was up north and that freezing fucking tundra up there in Minneapolis. <laughs> Dude, I used to go to Mankato all the time when I was, you know, was lived in Chicago and I would cover, I'd go all over the Midwest to cover um, training camps and practices. And I would sell my notes to different, you know, sites like Rotowire and different places all the time back in those days. And I'd go to Mankato. I loved it up there, man. Uh, they yep. had a casino, like an Indian reservation casino right by the Vikings practice. And dude, I, I lived there. I, I love that big time, but uh, even though they are my arch nemesis being a bears fan yeah. and all, so that, that's wild. So football, your first love that, I mean, were you first love, you know, all into sports or like, cause you know, I originally, got wind of you in baseball season and the DFS stuff yeah. and, and with uh major league baseball, how did baseball factor in when you were younger? I mean, I, I was more of a, a football more than anything. I played a little bit of high school baseball. Actually a, a teammate of mine in high school is Michael Brantley, Houston Astros. Okay. Um, yeah. So Mike lives in the same town as I do. Um, but baseball kind of grew on me more. I would say probably in like 2000 and, 16 2017 oh. i actually created a business to kind of pitch to uh agents and and oh. players alone called data to diamond uh former mets lefty josh edgen is a good friend of mine as well and, and okay. josh and i kind of came up with this idea of you know if we're going to pitch this to like uh agents we're going to teach them in arbitration hearings what actually a player is worth because you know teams like houston who's real analytically based Mm -hmm. uh, and they use it against their players. So, of course, it, it's a business. So they're going to use it to kind of get as much money as they or, or try to get as much, you know, pay cut as they can, if you will, uh, in arbitration. So we came up with this idea, like, yeah, let's let's pitch it to them. Let's let's teach these guys what their worth is. Let's let them know data to dive. Let's let them know how much. And, and we pitched it. You know, I spoke to to Rachel Luba before, who is Trevor Bauer's agent. I've spoken yeah. to Josh, like Josh, um, Josh Edge's agent. So. I've spoken to a lot of people, but just never really took off. And then, you know, I'm going, you know, going through a little bit of personal things with, with my divorce and, and things like that. And my free kids kind of put it on the back burner a little bit. Um, but now, now everything is, has kind of started to free up a little bit. I think it's something that I'm going to um, kind of focus my time on a little bit uh, in my, in my, uh, I don't have my kids. Yeah. I, I, well, obviously sorry to hear about the divorce and stuff like that, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because you mentioned the analytical side of it and it's so we live in an interesting time as far as sports are concerned, especially when you talk about front offices and the people that are running these teams, not necessarily the owners, but general managers and, you know, and NFL scouting directors and player personnel. I did a whole study over at fantasyguru.com about 
going into the draft and the hit rates amongst front offices and what positions they hit on and miss on and things like that from, uh, and so there's like a big division within a lot of front offices. They're either all in analytics and everything is just numbers and everybody's a number and that's what it is, or they're mm-hmm. almost like defiant, right there. They won't let any numbers or, you know, um, analytics infiltrate their precious ecosystem and they sort of reject it all. I think it's similar in a lot of ways, or at least it used to be in the fantasy sports industry where, you know, analytics wasn't a big part of this. When I first started out, I was, always, I was like one of the most analytical people on earth. And now the gravitation has gone in a way. So I'm one of the most like not anti-analytics of course, but uh, I do trust my gut to a certain degree. I do look at the sport and game theory a little bit more than some other folks like to do. How do you balance being a former athlete, knowing these games, knowing football, knowing baseball, having played them at a high level, along with the analytics and the number crowd, how do you balance it with your research? Yeah, I, you know, and one thing you'll, you'll learn about me and just to touch on, I'm actually, I'm extremely transparent. So, you know, everything that I go through, it's, it's a learning experience for me. So you'll learn once you get to know me, how transparent I am in all aspects of my life, you know, through, you know, if I'm doing research here or my own personal life. So, um, so, but if I'm looking at different aspects of the game, a lot of it is, you know, football is a little bit tough as, as far as analytics based, just because there is a lot of variance in football. Um, baseball wise, I think you could take more of, so if you're looking at a baseball, uh, let's just look at a slate, if you will, for, I kind of take a two weeks uh, cumulative uh, numbers of batters, and then I'll take two weeks of pitchers. And then if I'm doing my research based on that, I don't look at names. I don't, I don't care about names. It, it could yes. be the number eight hitter for the San Francisco giants. If he's hitting, if, if his ISO is off the charts, if his, if he's hard contact is off the charts, if his ex Woba is off the charts, I'm going to play that guy. I don't care about names. Everything on baseball is mostly analytical for me, you know, creating a s- spreadsheets or, or whatever it may be. Football's a little bit different. I think you have to take in matchups. I think you have to take in a little bit more of game flow, rather than analytics because there's other factors that could change. Uh, case in point, look at Houston and Jacksonville this year. I mean, yes, last week. Oh, who expected yeah. that? No, you know, well, one, my producer on Sirius, Sandra Nello, who I had to buy a burrito for because second year in a row, he's predicted the worst team in football to win in week one. And I said, no fucking way. And of course, mm-hmm. I had to buy the guy a burrito. So one person on planet Earth thought that would happen. Yep, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's the variance of football. That's, that's how mm-hmm. football goes. It, it's tough, man. It's, it's a weird thing because like you said, I get turned off by, especially in football and fantasy football with people, the data matters. Of course, I agree, by the way, 100% what you said in baseball, you could pretty much churn it out. If you can get a good projection model and you could churn out. And like you said, keep resetting it. you got to stay on it. We have our smash score, smash score over at elitesportsdata.com, something I derived with, you know, with uh, hot zones and pitch, rec- pitch type, um, you know, and all that information, all the pitch effects data brought into it along and then correlate it with the hitter data and hot zones. And, you know, but you got to keep on it. And you got to, you know, one of the things with the analytics, people think that we've hit the finish line with it. Like certain numbers are just it. And I always claim, no, we have, we're just barely scratching the surface. We haven't found it yet. We need to keep digging and football 
you need to ask why with some of the numbers. Why is this performance better? You know, why is he doing that? Evaded tackles and breakaway runs and you know, this a deep passing rating. Like this stuff is good, but it doesn't tell you the whole story. And it's not going to lead directly, unlike baseball, to fantasy production, which is what people are playing for, at least in seasonal and DFS. It doesn't yeah. matter how efficient you are if you're not getting enough opportunities and reps, right? You're going to be I the mean, most efficient be- in the world. Go ahead. Yeah, let's let's be real. You don't you don't need all the look. And I'm not going to throw any shade at anybody, and this is not intended. To, but you don't need 75 different tools to be successful in DFS. Air yards, matchups, oh. certain things you don't need. No, no, you don't. Well, you do if you want to always be right, and if you're trying to disguise the fact that you can't make the right decision. And you don't exactly. know the right plays. And that way you could always say, well, this tool said this and this data points. <laughs> I've done this exercise, Chris, before. And I've done it many times. I will, mm-hmm. and I do it on the Sirius XM show, probably twice a baseball season and probably four times a football season. I go, all right, folks, uh, just call me right now and give me any player. Just come up with any player. And I will tell you why you should play him this week. And then I will tell you why you should not. And I'll use data to support both mm-hmm. you. And that's the problem in, in a, a lot with analysis and fantasy sports is that people are going into it with preconceived notion. I just uh, discovered this, this is a news item and the San Francisco 49ers um, completely fucked the fantasy world this week when they deactivated Trey Sermon, they elevated Elijah Mitchell. It's fantastic. It, it's great. And then Brandon, Ayuk took a seat back. Trent Sherfield moved up and I got pissed because um, I had, two San Francisco beat writers on my shows. Nobody knew a fucking thing. Why bother? Like, seriously, if you guys don't know a goddamn thing, then what the fuck are you even on payroll for anywhere? Like it's, it's worthless, but um, you know, it's just one of those things that drives me nuts. So then there's this other beat writer this week. And one of the guys uh, um, that said he is all about Trey Sermon's going to be at Trey Sermon's going to be the lead guy. Trey Sermon's going to be the lead guy. And I'm like, all right, what's this guy about? Where is this coming from? Because you would think he knows something. Well, I look at his timeline. I'm like, all right, he's very into Trey Sermon, was all training camp. I'm like, okay, there's something here. So I dug a little bit into his past, Ohio State, fucking Ooh. Ohio. And I'm like, God damn it. This is the fucking problem, man. Like, you guys, you this guy is going into it like, Oh my God, it's my the Ohio State guy and on my team that I cover. So I'm all fucking in. And and that happens all the time with analysis yep. and betting and and DFS and in fan and seasonal, where people go into it saying, I like this player, and now I'm gonna go find out why. Okay, I got five items here, five data points. This is why. You should always do run every bit of data that you possibly can. And let the, the players will jump out to you, in my opinion. They will just pop, they will just be a boom. This matchup just screams it. I fucking hate mm-hmm. some players. I hate New England running backs. But if Damian Harris looks good against the Jets this week, I'll fucking play him and I won't even look back. Like, I, I don't give it. I, I went on a rant about Matthew Stafford this past week and how they were sucking his dick on Sunday night football. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck that. But you know what? If he helps me get a win this week, I'll fucking use him. I don't care. I have no ties to any of these players. They're all pawns in my game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't 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 bash that for too much. He's one of my. Uh, <laughs> what he's guys? one of my cash. Game. He's one of my. He's one of my cash game guys. So and he should be. But yeah, 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 
but yeah, I'm the I'm the same way. You know, I'm a Vikings fan. I may mm-hmm. I may write up Kirk Cousins four times, but look what he did last week. Yeah. I said specifically it was going to be a passing game. They two Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. bingo bango, yes. and you called Adam Thielen. We've yeah. that documented so, on the live stream. Yep. Yeah. So you know it's 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 analytics. It, you know. It, if you know football, you you know who, what's going to happen. I, I, I'm just sick and tired of seeing these. And again, I, I'm really not. Ta- I'm really not calling anybody out. But I'm just sick and tired <laughs> of seeing these these tactics. They're mm-hmm. they're they're selling tactics. That's what it is. Look, we have right. seventy five thousand things to 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 screw your head for seven days before the next slate. You know, if you fuck up, it's on you because you right. can't read the, the tools. I get, and so. yeah, I agree with you with the selling techniques and stuff like that. And like, listen, I mean, we have our own selling techniques at Elite. We have, we we were the screenshot mafia for years. There's no doubt about it. And I, and I live, a, I, I cop to it all the time. But everybody who knows me, have been listening to me for over a decade on the radio or wherever. Like, I got into the business not because I got in. I, I was in the tech business. I sold my company to GE in 2003. I was looking for something. I'm like, all right, what, you know, I, I love sports. I was a beat writer for the White Sox back in 2001, 2002, 2003. And I was trying to cut my teeth into that. I did podcasting before anybody cared about it. So like, I didn't have to come here. And the reason I thought this was, there was an opportunity in our field is that nobody was really doing this at the time. And then everyone started doing it and I had to keep up with the likes of guys. I, I talk about all the time, Drew Dinkmeyer and player and, and guys like that, who I said, Oh shit, they're changing the game. I got to elevate. Like I got to, and I love to be inspired by other people's work, but I'm also very sensitive to listeners and customers that come through and they're looking, they, they, they want to win. They only mm-hmm. care about winning. They really don't give a shit and having a good time. They don't give a shit about which players you use to get there or what your line is or what tools you have. They want to win. And that Mm -hmm. needs to be the focus, not, Hey, no matter what happens, we have it covered somewhere in our arsenal of sites. You got to make a stand. And when you're right, great. You can boast about all you fucking want as far as I'm concerned, but when you're wrong, you own it, figure Mm -hmm. out what went wrong and, and move on from there. As far as I'm concerned, Chris Rose, nobody has solved the riddle of fantasy sports to my knowledge. That's what makes it fun. Right. I mean, it's, exactly. a, I mean, it's, the, week, it's, it's the weekly grind. Like, you know, yeah. and, and I harp on this every single time. Like, I think you and I talk about or I come on the air or, or talk about it or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the transparency and just, res- just the respect that you give to every. I have made so many friends in this industry just yeah. from like competitiveness or lifting some or, or someone if someone hits for 10 grand it's like man that's yeah. good good for you good job instead of being like you got lucky jealous i mean or mad yeah i'm like yeah you, you went 100 grand like and, and i'm gonna go back to my you know the couple guys that i work with like dude hits for 100 grand and we're cheering them on like yeah we're staying up till two o'clock in the morning eastern time for a game to finish to know that he that you know, he ends up winning. So, you know, it's right. just, it's, it's just being completely transparent and, and just respecting everybody. Cause I would not be here talking to you a year after that we were going to, you know, come together mm-hmm. and I went to a different site and then we're here today. Like just the respect that you and I have for each other, that speaks yeah. levels, levels upon levels. 
Right, because you can't, and that's another thing. We've had turnover here at Elite. Now, you know, people are like, "Well, you guys are what is happening?" I say, "Well, I mean, I wish everybody well. I really do, because when I came up in this industry, quite honestly, like so many people helped me, like it was insane. I got help by every. I would go to FSTA. It was TA then. Now it's GA, and people would just be like, "Oh, what do you got? Well, you're helping. You're starting a business. Oh, let me help you. Here, here's a web designer. Here's a guy at logo. You know, like I always joke." that uh, the fantasy guru logo now i didn't found fantasy gurus john hansen did it. it was his site for years sold it a few years ago and I, I was fortunate enough to carry the torch but like the fantasy guru logo and i always say you know who created that it's a guy named bob harris who i work with at sirius xm and he works at football diehards he designed the entire color scheme and logo in like 93 for john <laughs> just as a friend never asked the commission didn't get paid for it and he's made his own way and has a rival site and whatever it's that's what I came up with. And it, it's been unusual the last few years when people now are, everybody's an enemy and everybody's angry at each other. When I won the playboy live final in 2015, and then I won the fantasy feud live final six months after that, I got everybody in the industry. Like I was on podcast, everyone's podcast and I was on the radio shows and I, people were calling and texting while it was happening. And, you know, I've never felt more proud of my whole life to do something every we were all i took everybody out for dinner that that night and we all had fun i mean that's the way it is and i by the time mm-hmm. my last live final i got to was or a january i think of 2017 i think it was the fanduel finals as a matter of fact everyone's fucking rooting against each other like everybody was coming up like yeah i hope this guy man just please don't have i, I remember there was it was todd Gurley's like rookie year People are like, I hope he fucking breaks his leg. Fuck, I can't see this guy went and everybody's doing it. I'm like, wow, man, things have changed around Big here. Times. It doesn't times. have to be that way, and it shouldn't be. But I think you're 100% right. Yeah. Not enough people like being on the up and up. Um, let's talk a little more about football because I'm not able to all the time with every guest I have, which is fantastic. So, you, you know, you're playing high school football and you're pretty good at it. What how do you get into you ended up playing in college as well um i think it was division two if i'm not mistaken right division two uh, division one i played for fcs fcs okay yeah so um you know but like what was it like making that choice and deciding where to go for school and continuing being a player did you think hey i have a chance to be in the league you know what what were your thoughts as like an athlete at that that time i mean i never thought my dad is six five you know I'm, I'm, I'm six foot right now, maybe two fifteen. So I never, I knew that I was never going to make it to the league. You know, I was, I was actually real with myself, but I was recruited by a couple of small schools. Um, and then uh, a buddy of mine who was an all American defensive back, uh, from this town actually gave my name to the recruiting coordinator down in Florida. He came down, recruited me. He's like, listen, we're, we're a division one double a school. At the time, it was Division One AA. Um, he's like, listen, we're going to recruit you as a quarterback. We think you have a great shot. Now, mind you, so here's a fun story. My first year in college, I don't know if you know what a gray shirt is where you're academically ineligible. Oh, so, yes, yes. Yeah, so I wasn't – so the, the, the clearinghouse, if you will, the, the, the college clearinghouse to, mm-hmm. to get eligible, they they didn't – one of my credits for a, a, a language wouldn't, wouldn't transfer over. So I was deemed ineligible my 2003 season. Oh, shit. So – I would have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, work out me and one other guy. I would work out at four o'clock in the morning. I wasn't even allowed to practice. Now, mind you, I have never left the state of Florida. I'm in Connecticut. I know nobody there. I have no, fa- I have no family. I have no friends. 
I'm in the dorms and talk about a hard time. There were times where I would call my mom crying. I want to come home. This is just not for me. And like, it was the hardest year of my life, but it also Mm -hmm. taught me so much because, you know, just being resilient and saying, you know what, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. There was many times where I just, I was about to pack it up. But, you know, going through that gray shirt year, um, and it was tough because through my sophomore year, I had to have, I want to say it was like 54% of my degree done by my end of my sophomore year mm-hmm. and, or the end of my, or right before my junior year. And I, my, in between that, that summer, I took 18 credits to get eligible. Oh. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And it was, <laughs> it was just insane, but it all worked out. I had an amazing five years there. I, you know, I played against uh, guys like Miles Austin when he was at Monmouth University. Um, I had oh, the shit. chance of playing down Georgia Southern. We beat Georgia Southern. They were ranked number seven in the nation. Georgia Southern, we beat them 17-13 in 2007. You know, one of my good friends got drafted by the Patriots in the sixth round, ran for over 2,000 yards in 2007. So, you know, I had a great time. I played at Western Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would never take anything back from what I did from 03 to 08. And it it taught me discipline. It taught me how to be, like I said, resilient. And, and you learn so much being away from home. Um, yeah. And through sports, you know, it builds your character, how to be coachable. And it, it helped me get the jobs. You know, it helped me. This is playing college football is the reason why I'm in my job. I work for a natural gas utility here in South Florida now. Um, mm-hmm. It actually helped me get my job because that's one of the things that the direct, that my director that hired me said, he goes, you know, I know that you're coachable. I know that you have the, the background. I know that you were a quarterback. So, you know, we really like that because we know that you can build, you can be a teammate and you have the character. So, you know, it really helped me, you know, I'm 36 years old. So it's even helped me to today. I talk about it all the time, man. You find out what people are made of when the going gets rough and things are against you. You know what I mean? And I constantly say it, life is a filter and they want you to quit. They want you to give up. You get thrown hard times and bad times and things will happen because they're trying to test your will and test your resolve and see who can make it and fight their way through. You're not going to be successful uh, at every single stop or every single place you go and everything's not going to be the right fit for you either. But man, those, those of us that battled through it, those that mm-hmm. like yourself that grind through it, man, you have those lonely days and you, you just keep going to work. You keep showing exactly. up, keep going. Like that's one of my, was my mantra for years. Keep going. Just got to keep going through it. And uh, mm-hmm. man, I, I mad respect for you and fighting through all that. And uh, just th- hearing Thank what you went through is like pretty impressive. And it, it makes a lot of sense on the character that I know you have now. So it's like, I'm starting to, I, I'm learning. I get it now yeah. a, a lot more of what's made Chris Rose here. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. But so and, and you're playing, and you know, What's that? You know, no, I'm gonna say, you know, the, my biggest accomplishment of everything is just being a father too. That's that's completely changed me, and and I know that my actions reflect my own three kids' future. So, you know, anybody who's a father or is going to be a father, it's it it has and I know it has for you as well. I mean, it will change you, and it will, you know, it's it's just one of the greatest experiences, and and that's by far my greatest title of ever doing anything. Dude, and so much respect for that. And it does. Being a dad, it's interesting. You mentioned you coach your kid. I, I never was the the manager or coach of my son because I'm too competitive. And I know, I just know it. Like, I wanted to, and I've been the assistant guy that does things and helps out. You know, I've always done those roles. But I, I try to coach him and only him. But I'm also not a hands-on 
I'm not one of those parents that will sit there and scream or yell or anything else. Like my son, he, he's too, he doesn't, like I grew up South side Chicago. I talk about it, bad neighborhoods and things. And I've had to fight through it. And I had like football. I always call it the Neanderthal gene, Chris, you have, it's just, you could always tell some people have it, not afraid of getting hit, afraid to punch. I used to box when I was younger. I remember boxing my neighbor, Scott keeper. And you know, I always remember because it was the year fucking Back to the Future came out. And you, I look back at it and I was like, dude, I was eight years old. He was 16 because he always said he wanted DeLorean. I, and I, he kicked the shit out of me, but I just got my ass kicked by a 16 year old. My son doesn't have that. Like, there's none yeah. of that. He doesn't like, you know, it's just not him. He loves sports. He plays fantasy. He plays PlayStation. He does all this stuff and he'll play these games but he's not going to be a professional athlete. I just like seeing him play. I like it. I think for all the lessons you talked about, just going Mm -hmm. through fighting through it when he has a bad game, when he, uh, he plays a lot of basketball and guys that are bigger, he's the smallest one on the team right now. And he, you know, he's go, we play against like Dustin Pedroia's kid. There's a lot of athletes down by in my Mm -hmm. neck of the Ryan Fitzpatrick's sons are, uh, are on other teams in this, but you know, so it's competitive and you know, he just doesn't have it, but it's, it's just good to see him fight through it. It's I'm so yeah. proud to watch him. It's it's a different element. I think you only get that when being a parent, father, mm-hmm. being somebody who watches it when you it's not about it's not about the the results necessarily. I love to win and I'm very competitive, but man, fighting through that adversity, making the most, it makes those times when you do win and you do flourish that much sweeter to me. So, I mean, don't let it fool you. When I was doing coach pitch, my son, I did throw at him a couple of times. Yes. <laughs> I did. I did oh, hit him a couple of times. Oh, oh, I did. I, when I used to <laughs> throw the ball to my son in the backyard, uh, I should never admit this in my life. I, I would throw it to him. We throw the football. I'm talking about, I would run him into the tree. <laughs> I would throw it right in the tree. I just want to see, I want to see how he react. I would, I mean, I would just throw the pass like right in the direction of the tree and he'd have to navigate where he go yep. because he was always scared. Like he's going to run into him. I'm like, you have to fight through that fear. So catching in traffic, boy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause he was the receiver. He had, he had to catch in traffic, man. And he stopped playing football years ago because he just doesn't have that Neanderthal gene, like guys like you and I did, uh, where we didn't care if our head fell off or not, you know, that's yeah. at least that's the way I was growing up and everybody that I played football with my whole life. Like we didn't, we didn't care. I remember I played, I broke my arm in four places in the fifth grade. Cause we used to play tackle on, on the asphalt, the, on the, the driveway, you know, at my elementary school, I shattered my arm. I was in a cast for a year all the way up to my shoulder. And then like six months in, I got one just to the wrist and had to wear that for six months. Like I fucking shattered. I used to be lefty. I don't know. I used to be lefty up until fifth grade. And because I spent a year with my left hand in a cast, I became righty. I just learned to throw righty to right. righty. Yeah. So I'm ambidextrous in a lot of ways. Cause I pretty good with my left arm, but, um, yeah, that's that's a little my story, but I think it's fascinating. And knowing, so when did you learn about like fantasy sports? Then, like, where did were you playing in high school and college? Was it you know you weren't aware of it yet? Like, talk to me a little bit about how you started playing fantasy sports. Yeah, I was doing like home leagues and stuff like that. I was doing yearly, but I was getting killed in yearly. So I took some time off, and I would say probably 2016 or so, I got into fantasy like DFS. Like I just like DFS more just because it's, you know, it's an everyday thing. Um, yeah. So everything changes. So 
I really got into DFS, uh, I'd say 2016, 2017. I figured out, you know what? I actually, you know, when I, when I do my own research, I'm actually not bad at this. You know, I could supplement my income if I, if I continue to do well. And, you know, I was doing stuff. Uh, I was like, I wasn't really writing, but I was like writing like little notes and stuff like that. And I was in like Slack chats and, and discords and things like that. And mm-hmm. Probably about two years after that, I had my first opportunity to actually write. Uh, and that was with Scout Fantasy. Uh, oh, yeah. I was brought on. Yeah. So I was with Scout um, for probably about a year, um, you know, and, and, it was, it was fun. It was fun. It, it, I, I learned how to write. I learned how to really do my own research. And, and it, it was a, it was interesting. And, and from there, they kind of evolved into SI fantasy. I think I was with them until they evolved into sports illustrated and stuff like that. Right. Wasn't it like full-time well, fantasy for a while, then SI or something? Or yeah. It, yeah. It went, yeah. it went from scout to full-time and, and, mm-hmm. and you, you, your guy, you know, I know you, you and you and Steve, Steve, Steve Renner kind of go at it, but uh, Steve hates actually, me. Man. Oh, it's no, so he funny. Doesn't, he doesn't. Oh, he does. I promise. I promise. Oh, okay. He, he just no, they, because, dude, like somebody posted something the other day. They sent it to me because they always some people always try to start trouble. Somebody like sent him a picture of me. <laughs> like I don't know why. I don't know how they. It was a hilarious <laughs> picture of my old house when I still had the frosted tips too. And they sent that to him for some reason. I'm like, why are, why do people antagonize him that way? Anyway, go ahead. So Steve is, Steve is actually a really close friend of mine. And, and he, um, you know, he, he, we talked recently, actually probably thought about a month ago. And, okay. and he even said, he goes, you know, if Jeff and I hung out, you know, I, I know we'd get along, but I just love the bantering. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. Listen, don't blow listen, his I, cover, Chris Rose. No, I, 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 listen, Steve, Steve Renner, I, I don't mean if you, if you listen to this, I don't want to blow your cover, but I know you yeah. want to keep your, your, you know, what, what you do, but, but he is, he is actually genuinely a, a very, very, very good guy. And, and um, he definitely has no, no ill ill feelings for you, oh. but he, he gave me that first opportunity. So I, I'm always going to be, oh, I'm awesome. always going to, yeah, so I'm always going to, you know, always have a, have that type of respect and love for him just because he got me into the industry. Nice. Um, that it was yeah. a scout originally, right? It was, yeah, it was. And that was that was Tommy G scout too, right? Was Tommy there yet, or yeah, he was there. It right? was. It was just okay. after he left. Oh, okay, after he left. Okay, gotcha. And you know what? You know what's funny is is I would say I, there, there was a there was a hurricane we had down here in Florida, and I remember listening to you guys and. And I was a sub for probably two years and stuff like that. So it's just funny how it's all be, how it's full circle, um, you know, listening to you and Schuster and, you know, <laughs> all, all, you know, and Tommy back in the day. And yeah, it's just, it's just crazy full it. circle. And, and I absolutely love it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I started with Scout cool. and, and then Scout and then uh, anybody who's following me, I was with, uh, I was at FTN for a year. Um, yep. And you and I, you, you, you myself and, and Rob all, we were close, man. We were close, and and um, last year, yeah. But during the during the quarantine or, or whatever the the chaos of twenty twenty, yeah, we could tell. I probably could tell a story, right? I mean, we we're ready to hire Chris Rose, ready to bring him on. Like I said, I've been a fan of the work, and I you know you have that edge that difference. Like I I always tell people when I'm looking at content, I see a lot of content. I try to keep abreast of the injury, the industry as much as possible, but like you had that, if you can read what somebody writes or hear what they say on a radio or podcast and 
you know, you're having a casual conversation with somebody else. Like I always look at it in the car. If you're talking in the car and the radio's on, I will always go to somebody. I turn on the fantasy station a lot and I'll, I'll talk to somebody, my wife, or I go, what did they just say? And they'll be like, Oh, I don't know. I go, yeah, exactly. That cause you, you're not pulling anybody in. Chris Rose's content always pulled me in for any time I got into it or saw it, was able to read or hear you on different shows. I'm like, it's just, you always had that extra. So we did try to hire you a year ago and you thwarted us at that point uh, for FTN. I don't say thwart, I'm just teasing you, but um, yeah. you know, that's a decision that you have to make. And I've said it a million times. I don't ever blame anybody for taking and make a decision that they feel is right for them. You know what I mean? And yeah. that, that's the thing. And as competitive as we are, there is plenty of room amongst this industry for everybody. I, I do believe Especially, well, there's probably this way people that work hard that there's yeah, always absolutely. room for people that work hard and grind it but I'm, I'm glad we we're able to make it work um this time around that's for sure yeah 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 and i knew it was, it was yeah i knew it was the right time you know I, I reached out and you know i just knew it was my time to go there and uh yeah. and it was huge man you just welcomed me and and i think we talked for maybe an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> and our first conversation yeah. just touched on everything and yeah. I just knew that this was, you know, if, if you guys were still here with open arms, that, that I, this is where I, I should have been the last two years. So, yeah. um, huh? I'm just proud. I'm just proud of, you know, the team that we have and, and the fact that I get to work with Mike, you know, bearded Mike, you know, yeah, he's, Mike. He, he's been, he's been one of my best friends for in the, in the industry for probably five years. Uh, George actually funny thing. George is from my town, my hometown. Like I would yeah. say in 2012, George and I were playing, beer pong at my house so before we even got into <laughs> yes. dfs and, and and then scott you know bondar hit you know, scott gotta be yeah he's he's another one that's that we've become extremely close so just being a part of, and watching those guys grow and and you know growing together and, and being a part of the elite family man it's just it's really it's really awesome because we're in group chats together and and you know, we'll send each other our articles and, and we'll just bust each other's ass. We do that's that's just total shit. You need to change that. They actually did it this morning to Mike. So Mike, you, you gotta work in a grammar a little bit in this article. So yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's so funny. Dude, that's so you, yeah. It's great, man. I love seeing yeah. it. I love hearing it. And that's the thing that you know I'm, I'm it's amazing. We've been able to um you know get it get all those guys here, Jorge Pucks and Bearded One Inked Up and um uh, you know, everybody yourself, of course, it's, it's great because the camaraderie, I think it, it elevates everybody too. And it's something that we've always, you know, we had here in the early days of guru lead. I had it, you know, fantasy alarm We're you know, it was me and Ray flowers. We're great friends now, mm -hmm. but we were competitive. Like, you know, I tell the story, Ray would get paid more than I, I was the face of fantasy alarm. And then he came in and was getting paid more. And it was kind of like, okay, kind of, you know, what the fuck, but okay. You know, but I get it. Cause the work was exceptional. So, yeah. you know, I could have said, what the fuck, man? I no, I said, all right, I got to find a way. And I got into DFS because I'm like, Oh, Ray has fucking, you know, seasonal baseball on lockdown. He's very good at football. Um, but I, you know, I found my way into DFS and things back in 2010, 2011, because of how good he was. And it, it elevates <laughs> your game when you get along and there's yeah. that friendly competitive. And I see that within you guys too. And it, it's just yeah. amazing. I think and we're all Swiss Army knives too. So 
which is cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, everybody gets along. I think it's, it is a new era uh, here at elite and, you know, with, with that and where everybody gets along and we all got, Oh shit. We used to get along too. <laughs> and some, you know, everybody gets, goes their own way, which is totally fine. But um, yeah, I'm just happy with where we're at and the team we're putting together. That's for sure. Um, speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about football because people are like, come on, man, you promised me we're going to do weekly previews. Real quick, week one, uh, your takeaways. Week one of the NFL, what stood out to you the most? You know, a Vikings heartbreaking loss, the Delvin Cook fumble, I'm sure bummed you out a lot. Yeah. But, you know, what are a couple takeaways that you had from week the first week of this NFL season? If you're going to touch on the Vikings, they're in trouble defensively. I'll tell you that. Um, I think their personnel does not match the type of defense that they need to run. And if you see my Twitter today, you'll see the Patrick Peterson trying to cover oh, Jamar Chase yeah. that was on, the, on just a, on just a simple oh. double move dig route. It was Minnesota is in trouble if they're going to continue to run a couple cover two, cover one with those guys. And Brashad Breland, if you watch, if you watch the throw. It's a it's a too high safety. It's literally straight cover two. They got it's you got strong left and eleven personnel, which is one tight end and one running back. Yeah. All they did this is it's a simple it's a simple passing tree. Z receiver, which is your slot receiver, runs a skinny post in front of the safety's eyes, and all it was was Jamar Chase on a go route beating Brashad Breland, and oh, yeah. Burrow had the easiest throw. Nah, moved yeah. him with his eyes with on the yep. skinny post and held him to the end zone held That's the it. safety it's- with his eyes and yeah the tr- chase had him burned and threw right over the top of him there's no doubt yeah. i mean that it's a square pegs and round holes i mean you got to have defense you got to have the right pieces i'll give this folks that listen to me on series now I, you know, I was blasting the steelers all preseason Steelers defense isn't what they were last year the offensive lines in trouble but i'll give them the credit because what they were able to do against Josh Allen, they went out and got, you know, Melvin Ingram. They have Cam Hayward in the middle, but, and then you have TJ Watt getting him back. That is a big deal. Like Steelers fit people into their scheme that have and possess those skills. So they were able to only rush three, four people on Josh Allen continuously and uh, did a great job doing it and allowed seven to get back into coverage. So that's something that's, but you're right mm-hmm. with Minnesota, you're trying to, Cover two is just fucking shot in today's day and age. You just have to have exceptional personnel because there's quarterbacks that just toy like Aaron Rodgers toys with cover two. Like it's it's a yeah. game and he loves it. Roethlisberger is very good throwing against cover two. You know that's yeah. why you see so much cover three. You even see more of the with the cover one, which is basically man coverage essentially uh, coming into it. Press coverage even making its way back into some of these backfields because if you don't have the right horses, man. You're in trouble, yeah. and I agree with you on Minnesota. You got yeah. names. I was high on them. I was so high on them too, just because you got Michael Pierce coming back. You have Tomlinson who they brought in. They, you know, you got Barr who came back. Oh, Kendrick. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the front seven is you know Everson Griffin who came back. The front seven. Oh, granted, they did they did have five sacks, so the front seven is strong. But I really had high hopes for the secondary, and and with Harrison Smith back there and Brashad Breeland, it's just it's it's frustrating to see this defense play bad, just because I thought they would be. A, you know, over my head, but I said top five defense, but it's, it's pretty obvious that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Now Zimmer, know, also, Zimmer always, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's a defensive back wizard. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, you know, they start out shit last year too. 
Um, just never know. Cause he, he has a, this tendency to get the coverage under control eventually. And like you said, with the, their front five, front four, at least the front seven, really when bar is healthy, um, could be very solid if he gets yeah. that coverage in line. Again, they're going to have to switch things up though from week one. Yeah. Also, also, I think, I think Kyler Murray is going to end up winning the MVP this year. He is just, man, the, the, did you see the one where he ran around for about 10 seconds and then spun yeah. around and threw it on a dime? Like, yes. He's, he's just weapons. unbelievable. The yeah. addition and, of and Rodney like, Hudson, the center, you, you've, yep. you've, when you improve interior line, it's, I always talk about this in fantasy. Nope we never give any credit for interior alignment. You know, sometimes a left, a new left tackle, even a new right tackle gets a little bit of pub and we're like, Oh, better line. You get a guy like Hudson, who's a top three center in the league. You just tie everything together. You make everybody else better. You give them more time. Then you go out. You got a Rondale more. You got Christian Kirk already. You have best receiver hands wise in the league and Deandre Hopkins. And then AJ green is just a steady very professional could win one-on-one matchups with his body when healthy. Uh, how are you going to stop it? And yeah. you got that, you know, the run pass option approach with Kyle. I, good luck. I hate to play defense against the Cardinals this yeah. year. It, yeah. They're going to be, and Minnesota goes to Glendale to play them too. Oh yeah. That's uh, never going to be good. They draw the, yeah. uh, uh, speaking of Kyler MVP, early MVP, he's got Atlanta this week. Uh, oh no, he's got, Oh no, this week is Minnesota. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, this is the week. Them. So they're going to get killed. <laughs> Minnesota's going down. Uh, any killed. other, any other takeaways from you from week one? I mean, it was, it was a great week. Our subscribers and elite fantasy one did very well. You had that Adam Thielen call, which was just immaculate. Um, you know, in when we were on the live stream, that's a core four live stream. That's on Fridays, 7 PM Eastern time. Chris was on with me and, uh, told us why feeling those red zone looks can't go understated. And uh, sure enough, two touchdowns later, pretty good. But uh, what else, what went right for week you and week one? Um, you know, I think uh, Russell Wilson kind of taking advantage against the cover three, those guys, those, those receivers, they get a lot of yards per yards after the catch um, against Indianapolis. I think that went right. Um you know, Philadelphia, we, we touched on Philadelphia a little bit with Jalen Hurts. I like Miles Sanders a lot. Jalen Hurts looks – he's going to be fun to watch this year just for yeah. the the rushing attempts. And and even though they don't have a lot of skill guys, mm-hmm. in the, especially in the receiver, I still think he's going to be productive. I think he's going to be just fine this year. And, man, a lot of running backs just going down too. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with a lot of these running backs. I, I, it's, this game is turning into a here's – what I, here, here's what I'll do for roster construction construction on on both FanDuel and, and DraftKings. Play a wide receiver in your flex spot. Yeah. For I think, you know, I, I think I think it's gonna be a lot of wide receivers that are one of the top scoring um players for as uh, far as uh, for for DFS. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and especially in GPP, I, I, you know, I like three running backs if possible in cash games mm-hmm. where you could just get that nice base floor if you can get it, which by the way, I, I think you're alluding to it as well. It's not that easy because running backs are, they're all kinds of fucked up. I and mean, we got, yeah. you know, obviously the mess in Baltimore, the mess in San Francisco, everybody's aware of, but you, you got Sony Michelle lurking in LA. You got the Zach Moss, Devin Singletary thing in Buffalo. We got committees, you know, to jets in Miami. And, you know, there's all even Cleveland, the better running games are 
are, are a bit of a mess. You saw Jeremy mm-hmm. McNichols on the field a lot more than normal for a backup running back in Tennessee uh, for Derrick Henry. I mean, it's all kind of so early in the season when the weather's nice. I totally agree. I mean, you know, three wide, four wide receivers and get them in that flex spot and maximize your upside makes a lot of sense, especially in those back and forth games, which I think there's a couple of this week. Uh, what were you? So the, you know, after week one, anything wrong, what was your biggest miss of week one? What was yeah, Raheem, Most, Raheem Moster getting hurt? After two <laughs> carries. That sucked. Yeah, that was bad. Were, yeah, that was bad. That was, that went bad. And then um, I think the one, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think was the one who I was pretty high on. Um, I really liked Rodgers in that game and and he just, they just didn't look good. They just overpowered, overmatched. New Orleans defense looks really good. Um, I think that was another one that went wrong uh, for me. Are you worried long-term about Rodgers at all? I just, I don't think he's in it. I don't think his head's in it. You you can just tell by his mannerisms and just his body language. He's just, I think he's just done. It it seems like like Brett Favre of his last year. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I said, said something similar where the similarities between those two are unbelievable uh, mm-hmm. at the end of their career. Rogers, you wanted to play and it was pushing, you, you know, and pushing Brett Favre out the door. And he's kind of complaining that Favre still wanted to play. And now Rogers kind of is doing the same shit with Jordan love, which is interesting last year at this time. Remember Rogers was fucking furious that they drafted uh, Jordan love. He wanted to show the world. He was inspired. He had eye of the tiger. Now he's got MVP spent all off season hosting jeopardies, you know, swinging off vines in Hawaii and, you know, begging his new girlfriend and all that. It's like, well, I mean, you can tell I, as an athlete, Chris, I think this is one of those advantages we have where you kind of, you just can tell Roger's going to shred the lions this week. Nobody doubts that, but full season, he's not going to come close to those numbers. He posted in 2020. Yeah. It's going to hurt Devontae Adams. I think it's going to hurt Aaron Jones. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch the Packers. Don't get me wrong. I freaking, I absolutely love it. I want him to just call it oh, quits. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, as a so Bears fan, I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same. I've been call. I've been asking for this for nine years, but uh, yeah, it may finally may finally be happening as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of screenshots. Our subscribers smashed on elitefantasy.com. That was always fun. I mean, that's one of those mm. things, man. That was, uh, I remember you, you reached out like, holy shit, this is a lot. It's what we do. Yeah. I mean, it's what yeah, we I do t- now. Exactly. I think I, people I get pissed at I, I, me about the, like, cause it's not a million dollar screenshot. And I'm like, you for, notice I'm not, I don't ever screenshot and, and tweet my, $25 double ups or $50 double. I, I never do that. I do it for our subscribers because that's their limits. That's what they want. I, I think it's, it's almost hilarious that other people sort of shun when their subscribers actually win. Yeah. I mean, the name of the game is getting the green. I don't care if it's cash games, GPPs. Like if you're doubling up, if you're using this to, to, you know, make some extra money on the side, look, play the cash games. I, and, I, and I tweeted, I said, I've never seen more, I have never seen more screenshots of subs winning than I did between Sunday night, Monday, hell, even even through Tuesday. I know people were so still cool. they were still messaging me like, oh, oh, we loved your article. Like, I've never yeah. received that many that many messages. <laughs> so you know, the, everyone crushed. I absolutely, I love seeing that, and and it all comes down to the team that we have that put out articles every week and the live streams and 
you know, Ricky and CJ and, and, you know, everyone did an amazing job. And, you know, it's going to be the same again this week. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be all year. 15 out of 17 weeks last year, we're able to be profitable in cash games, which is, I'll never do that again. It'll never fucking happen like that. But you know, we've haven't had a losing season yet and you know, we're going to keep it rolling. Speaking of which let's look ahead to week two, a little bit, your articles up elitefantasy.com. every Tuesday, Chris does the quarterback coach article breaks down his favorites, cash quarterback, uh, GPP quarterback, some long shots, lower own guys. Then he does an hour coaching session where he's there to help you. He'll talk the X's and O's with you. So he'll talk the game theory with you, cash, GPP, different matchups, all of that. So uh, make sure you guys, if you're subscribers at EliteFantasy.com, make sure you go and check that out. And if you're not, use the promo code RADIO20. Get a little uh, discount on there as well for you guys, just for the podcast listeners there. But uh, what are we looking at this week, Chris, as far as uh, quarterbacks are concerned? And then full slate, what are you looking at? Yeah, so I'll give I'll give three quarterbacks. So okay. casting quarterback, I, I absolutely love Matthew Stafford. He's just his price is just unbelievably low on DK. Sixty four hundred on DK against the Saint, against a, an Indianapolis team that just like I said last week with receivers that get a lot of yards after the catch. You guys got you have guys like Cooper Cup, you have Robert Woods, you have Van Jefferson who looked great. I absolutely love Matthew Stafford this week. I'm going to play him probably in GPPs as well. But, man, it's just a smash spot for him in Indianapolis. I absolutely love him. Um, and I think he's just a, a, a must. Um, it, I would probably say in cash games a must, especially that price. Um, yeah, it's underpriced for sure, 6400 way, uh, you know, he's in the mid-tier, even the lower end of that mid-tier pricing on uh on DraftKings. I I've been anti Matt Stafford all week long. Not skills, not that he's not going to do well. I've always been a, uh, I like Matt Stafford, but that dick sucking contest between Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth <laughs> on Sunday night football was something that yeah, out of freaking control for me with uh with how much they love Stafford, but uh I do like him this week, so a lot of people are going to hear me say I like Stafford. Like I said, I don't yeah. care. I mean, short of like, I don't know, Adolf Hitler. Like, I, okay, that's one I won't fucking play. There's not many players that I won't, you know, anybody, any name doesn't matter to me. If they can get me a win, I will play almost anybody in DFS. Yeah. So, yeah. Who else do you like? Kyler Murray, just against Minnesota's defense. Um, I mentioned it. They're just – they're they're gonna struggle big time. I think this is a good spot for Christian Kirk and Rondo Moore actually actually over. Um, yeah. You but we're still here. I thought I lost. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You're still there. I yeah. went blank for a minute. Um, oh. I actually like the spot for Rondo Moore and Christian Kirk a little bit more than DeAndre Hopkins. Um, just for those underneath those you know the holes in the cover too. I think you're gonna see Rondo Moore because what do you have four for sixty uh, last week. Um, looked good. So I like Kyler Murray. He's going to probably going to run a lot just because Minnesota's defense is going to get some pressure from the edge. I think you're going to see him run mm, 10 times. Probably, probably go. Yeah. Just his escapability is just insane. So I like him. And then my low on guy who I'm so freaking high on is, is a Joe Burrow. Um, Chicago bears defense, just bad. If you look at, uh, Jalen Johnson, who had a 61.7% grade and then, Kendall uh, Vildor, who had a 68.2% grade. Those guys, are, those are just two guys that, that you have to attack. And, you know, he didn't really target Tyler Boyd either. So 
it was they have a three-headed monster in Cincinnati. He has so many weapons. And I just think it's a great spot to attack them. Bears defense gave up 77.1% completion percent. It's 12.3 yards per completion and three touchdowns. So Burrow um, is an absolute uh, smash play for me. When the Bears got rid of Kyler, Kyle Fuller, I was beyond uh, – I couldn't understand. I mean, they that's a big loss for them in defense. And you, you mentioned Kendall Veldor and Jalen Johnson has shown potential as a ball hawk, but coverage is just not his thing. And they've got their hands full this week against those yeah. that triumvirate of wide receivers. And by the way, I mean, you look at – when they, they go to nickel and dime defenses, you're talking about guys like Artie Burns – you know, former Steeler cast off that we used to whoop up on when he was their slot guy years ago. It, it's just not happening for that defense. So I like Burrow. I think, I think he's going to come in way under own too. I don't think anybody's yeah. going to be in on Burrow. Um, the bears still have the stigma as, as a great defense because look what Sunday night football did. Cleo Mack, Cleo Mack, just run at him. He's done. That's it. Yeah. You, if you run at him, he's done. You neutralize him. You put two, you put a back or a tight end on him and a tackle and, and they don't got anybody else on the other side to equal out the pass rush. So um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a cool under the radar play there as well. What about what games do you want to be involved with this week in DFS? Like the, any of those games that you think are going to be back and forth that you want pieces at running back receiver tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, the game that I'm targeting is a San Francisco Philadelphia game. Um, I like, I like Jalen Hurts and I like Miles Sanders again this week. San Francisco's defense isn't that that good. No, I think they have, they're, they're just like Chicago, if you will, where they, you know, where they have a, everyone thinks that the defense is, is as good as it once was. So, um, you know, I think Jalen Hurts is a, a sneaky play. I think Miles Sanders he was efficient. Uh, Hertz was 27 to 35, 8.8 yards per carry last, last week too. I think he can lead on Miles Sanders, uh, throw it underneath. I just love Philadelphia. And like I said, they don't have a lot of the weapons that you would like, but I think if you lean on Miles Sanders and, and Jalen Hurts, that could be a, a nice little play there. Remember my guarantee last week was a Jalen Rieger touchdown and it happened just pretty ecstatic about, I like the weapons because Speed, when you get this escapability and you get out to the edge, it's what why Jalen Hurts lost the job at Alabama and flourished in Oklahoma. Different mm-hmm. style of offenses. And I feel like Sirianni kind of built something here in Philly where get him outside the pocket. Let stretch the field, man. You know it. Get these guys out of his hair. Give him room to run. And, and, and with Rieger and Devontae Smith, and just let them burn. Let them get down there, and if they get behind the defense, loft it up um, like Hurts did at Oklahoma, or let them just run forever. And if you need something underneath, they got the stop gaps with Goddard and Hurts, the tight ends. I think it's a, mm-hmm. a, a old-school term, nifty little offense <laughs> that they, that they yeah. got going on. Um, so I dig it, and you're right. San Francisco isn't what they – you know, folks forget – they lost DeForest Buckner, Richard Sherman, guys that were big parts of this defense when they got the Super Bowl in 2019. Their entire defense coordinator, Robert Sala, is gone. He took four assistant coaches on the defense side of the football away from them as well in San Francisco. This is nowhere near that D'Amico uh, Ryan's. He was a he was starting linebacker in Philly four years ago. Now yeah. he's the coordinator of the defense. That's 
he yeah, it's, he's a, over his skis on that as well. And so mm-hmm. the fact that they give up 33 points to the Lions last week, I don't know. I, I like that game I mean, shootout potential. I really do. Yeah, I mean, look what look what they look what the Lions did out of the backfield. Both running backs had you know combined 16 catches. Why can't Miles Austin get? I mean, Miles Austin, Miles Sanders get you know seven seven balls underneath and and get you 60 70 yards. I just he like can. the spot for him. I think he's he's gonna he's he's gonna be low on too. I think he's five percent oh, yeah. on GPPs probably. Yeah, that's one of those things where he didn't have the big game. Gainwell gets the touchdown. Hurts had the rushing ability. Smith and Rieger get the touchdown. Sanders was the sort of backdoor star of that game. He really they mm-hmm. pounded it. And that's against Grady Jarrett in a very good interior of the Atlanta Falcons rush defense, a run defense. Yep. That's a, they were able to do that against them. They could absolutely tear San Francisco apart. So uh, I, I can dig on that. That's for sure. I personally, I love the Seattle Tennessee game. Boy, the Tennessee, I, you and I talked about on live stream as a quarterback, when you see inexperienced corners, and we heard, I don't know if you got to see any of the Manning cast on Monday night or not, but. Uh, Eli and Peyton talking about it. When you, you know, when you see a new corner in the game, you just attack. They're like, Oh, it's blood. Mm. It's chum in the water as a shark. They go right after it because they're not used to it. And that's what Tennessee has a real freaking problem in that secondary. They, ju- there's just no experience. There's some talent. And Christian Fulton had a decent rookie season last year, second round pick. Uh, but Janoris Jenkins has been dust for years. He only, if he's allowed to, to check and push, and a manhandle receivers, slower receivers, he can do fine, but he can't keep up with a speed guy. And then you get Farley and Elijah Molden, who are first and third rounders this year. I'm sorry, man. That Russell Wilson's going to absolutely shred them with Lockett, with DK Metcalf. I wouldn't doubt if Eckridge was, was in there and a lot of they open it up, expand three wide receiver sets more than they did last week. So I'm looking at that game. And then Seattle's secondary is nothing to me either. Um, nor is their front seven. So um, Jamal Adams yeah. is all they got. So I think that game's also a piece. That's one I want to get a piece of for sure. Yeah, I like Derrick Henry a lot as a, as a comeback on that one, just because I think Henry's going to bounce back. I don't think the the interior linemen yeah. there for, for Seattle are are <laughs> equipped enough, and the depth is equipped enough to um, to stop Henry, and, and he's not going to go back to back games where he's held the way in check like the way he was last week. Absolutely. And missed you know, two goal line opportunities. Couldn't get any yep. other time. That never is going to happen for a guy like Derrick Henry. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's get into some of the picks, put it on tape for week number two. Uh, let's start out a survivor bet of the week. We've got all this information, all the bets uh, over at elite sports betting.com. Everybody um, my f- breakdown overall yet last week, I think it was eight and three for the entire week. So not a bad start to the season over there had both of uh, the uh, survivor pool picks came over the finish line, which was good. Thank fucking God, because Tampa, Tampa Bay gave me a little bit of scare, but um, on Thursday night or no, it wasn't Tampa Bay. It was the, uh, um, no, I didn't. I had a good, yeah. Oh, San Francisco. That was it. That gave me a bit of a scare there, but uh, did well in the weekly bats. If you had to pick a team to win in a survivor pool this week, Chris Rose, who are you looking at? We got Tampa minus 13. That's pretty easy. You got Cleveland against Houston. Do you buy Houston? No, Big upset. Not big one. No, not at all. I'm clear. It's Cleveland for me. I think Cleveland just manhandles. I think we see Odell Beckham come back too. 
Uh, yeah, I, I th- no, he's already been ruled out. They ruled him out. He's already already. Been, yeah, this week? I, I said the same oh, thing. It's funny. I did a top five on the show today, as a matter of fact. I said this. I'm not worried about Odell Beckham for the whole season, but he, they have ruled him out for week two already. The guy, Anthony Schwartz, who's a third-round speedster, you saw him get a lot of run on uh, against Kansas City. All those plays were designed for Odell Beckham. So yeah. this play action passing game of Baker Mayfield and the Browns, it's going to work very, very well once Odell gets back. Trust me. Yeah. He, they, they have to they sell out that. to stop the run. Yeah. They, they need to stretch the guy field and stretch the guy down the field. So yeah, Beckham is gonna be God, that sucks because he was my I know. Uh, I know. I wanted to see him this week. I was thinking the same thing. I was salivating, just knowing I'm like, oh, no one's going to be on them. They're not going to. I was going to play him too. Yeah, I was. I was in two. I was eight and four actually in bets last week. Tampa Bay and the Rams. Those were my uh, survivor from last week. I agree Mm -hmm. with you and the Cleveland Browns as our survivor uh, uh, bet of the week. Our pool play of the week. The bet of the week. It's a lot of different ways to go. Um, You know, there's a lot. Very inflated lines, five games with 50 or more expected point totals. I normally like to bet overs in the early portion of the season and unders when it gets cold in the later months of the season for the reasons we pointed out with the using wide receiver in the flex spot kind of thing. But I got to say, I think the my favorite bet of the week, and it's still hanging as we record this, it's still just six points, but it's the Denver Broncos minus six against Jacksonville. I'm very subject. Jacksonville just got their ass kicked by Houston. Mm-hmm. I, I again, Denver. This team is a thoroughbred defensively. They did put Ronald Darby on IR, but they have they're so deep in secondary. They got Von Miller back. We saw him just absolutely manhandle the Giants. And Teddy Bridgewater looks good back there. You know he yeah. he just does. So I'm gonna go minus six. I think Denver wins by at least a touchdown. Uh, on the uh, on the road against Jacksonville, I, I wouldn't doubt it. They win by seventeen plus. To be honest with you, I like that a lot. I'm going to give you a prop bet. Yo, yeah, what do you got? Give you a prop bet. I'm going to go Joe Burrow over one point five touchdowns. Yes, Burrow over one point. I love that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like it a yeah. lot. Um, especially there is Andy Dalton. A little bit of a revenge game narrative here against Cincinnati. Bears at home can move the ball. They're going to use Justin Fields. And they put up some points. They got back in that game a little bit against a so much tougher of a defense against the L.A. Rams. So like, if the Bears score a little bit, that'll push Burrow even more and more and more. And, uh, yeah, I, I dig that over one and a half right there. Game sets up well for Montgomery, too. Does. Fucking Montgomery's one of those guys that, as a fan, I just don't. Don't love him, but he's productive. And without Tariq Cohn, from a fantasy standpoint, God, he gets it done. He just does. He's he's very few full-service running backs in NFL these days, and he is one of them. As long as Tariq Cohen's out, we saw Damian Williams in the game. He will have a role on passing downs, but Montgomery gets those catches, all the goal line work, all the the between-the-20 stuff. So, um, yeah, Cincinnati could run on as well. Um, Let's go. So we got a prop bet, we got a bet of the week, and how about an upset special here? Um, I think, man, you're probably leaning on one. Cincinnati is a four-point dog right now in Chicago, three-point dog, depending on where you're betting it. 
Um, Vegas Insider has four points for the Bears minus four plus four for Cincy. That's insane to me. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm extremely high just from what I saw on film of what Cincinnati can do stretch the field underneath. Burrow looks like a seasoned veteran for what's only a second year. Mm-hmm. And what do you play? Mm-hmm. Ten years, ten ten games. Ten last games. Week, last that's year. all he played. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I think Joe Mixon looked great. Um, yeah, I, I'm extremely high on Cincinnati to beat Chicago. I'm gonna go. My upset of the week will be something you talked about before. I think it's Philadelphia. Give me Philly at home. Give me four points on, on a couple books here. I'm seeing three and a half to four, uh, wherever it is. I I'm not sold on San Francisco as a whole. You know, Shanahan playing games just like his old man used to do at all positions, you know, fucking around with Brandon Ayuk and and Trey Sermon and getting these young guys, trying to get them motivated, but probably just pissing them off a little bit. And also pulling quarterbacks in and out, you know, they let Detroit come back on them one touchdown away last week. I think Jalen Hurts and Philly playing with some steam, some, you know, good mojo coming out of that win against Atlanta, I think they have a good chance to upset the 49ers at home this week. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. There we go, everybody. All right, man. Well, I've kept Chris Rose long enough. That is for sure. Chris, appreciate you you coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate everything you're doing for us over at EliteFantasy.com, FantasyGuru.com, EliteSportsBetting.com there as well. Um, appreciate it, man. This was, this was fun. We got to know a little yeah. bit behind the uh, behind the curtain on Chris Rose today. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit transparency. But, you know, thank you for having me on here. You know, I've listened to your podcast for a long, long time. So um, thanks, dude. From, from my own personal opinion, I appreciate you offering and, and you know, reaching out to me and bringing me on. So, um, again, thank you. That is uh, that I appreciate that very much, my man. Remember to follow Chris Rose on Twitter at Chris underscore R twelve twelve. Right there, follow him immediately, ladies and gentlemen. It is well worth it. Check out his work at EliteFantasy.com again, and uh, you won't be disappointed. That will do it. Episode eighty three in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate each and every one of you getting the word out, downloading, subscribing, giving commentary what you like, what you don't like. Again, leave it all there, no matter where it is. Google Play, iTunes, tuned in, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Spread the word, ladies and gentlemen. I am Jeff Manns. We will see you next time, everybody. And remember, you may may disagree with anything you heard throughout the course of this last hour plus. It's perfectly all right. We don't mind. Why? Because it's one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces.